Uh, good evening, and we thought we'd better do a podcast. Uh, Four Blades on Zoom tonight on Tuesday, the 5th of December, 2023, the first official day of the second Chris Wilder reign as Sheffield United manager. Um, I'm John. I'm joined by Ian. Good evening. And Dan. Good evening. And Phil. Good evening. So we're all here. And yeah, so we've got a new manager. Um, How do we want to do it? Should we talk about the one that's just left? Very I think quickly. we have to. I think, I think we need yeah. to talk about Heckingbottom, don't we? And I think, he, I don't know if you've read his LMA statement that was put out about an hour ago, but I think that everything he said sums him up as as the man he appears to be. He just he is he, a touch of class. He has been all the way through his tenure and, and he, he leaves through the front door as the saying goes with his head held high because he deserves to have. Yeah, he's 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 never his toys have never come out of the pram once. He's never reacted to anything. He's never he's never let himself down in how he's conducted himself in the face of by the media about certain things, he's always, um, he's always, he's always, he's always been fairly classy when, with what he's done. You know, he's uh, he's conducted himself well, never taken the bait, never stooped so low as to start having digs at people. Um, yeah, just just a genuinely nice bloke and a class act. Can't really say. And and let's be fair, for two seasons, a very successful manager. You know, in my forty odd years of watching United. There's only four four managers have got us promoted to the top flight, so he's in a, a fairly elite group. I think there's been an element of rewriting of history going off the last few weeks when making the case for replacing him. You know, any manager could have got that team up, that squad up. Yukanovic well, wasn't making a great fist of it, and we all wanted him as manager at the time. You know, there's a oh, he's not a great manager tactically. Oh, he just thrived off having and Jai. I think it, I found it really disrespectful for someone who actually, on the whole, has managed with a degree of integrity. Um, and, you know, maybe up until last weekend and, and maybe some of the comments were frustrating as fans to hear. But I think on the whole, he's, he's handled himself brilliantly throughout. And for a man who, let's be honest, to all intents and purposes, was dead man walking from the start of this season. To have that hanging over you, knowing that there's, you know, someone waiting in the wings who's likely to get your job at some point, it turns sour. It's not a way to be operating. Especially um, when you've had your legs chopped off as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. In fit, for a long time, Heckingbottom has swallowed the shit that he's had to had to eat, and eventually, it's, he can't do it anymore because, like, you know, you eat shit for so long, you ill. But like he, he got right analogy. I mean, he's right. Know, like, well, you'd be proud of that, Dan. <laughs> he, he he got us promoted whilst we spec like as compared to other people who've who've done similar things. There wasn't a big sort of influx of talent in January. Okay, and people claimed that oh, keeping this player and that player were uh, were like a new signing. You know, those. Well, we came out of January weaker than what we went into it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, Dan described it at the time as an exercise of teaching someone how to thank you for shitting on your face or something. I can't remember <laughs> the exact phrasing, but like he he, he while dealt... eating shit. Clearly, no, he, he dealt with all that, and yeah, we we wobbled, but we only really had one big wobble last year, and then he got the job done in plenty of time. And yeah, they were talented players in that team, but he also, since he's been manager, he's he's improved. Players, he's he's blooded youngsters. Um, I think he's probably not across the board, but he's certainly you'd argue like someone like Jack Robinson has played the best football of his career. I think Baldock's played the best football of his United career under Heckingbottom. Um, you know, but he got he got McBurney, who well, not covered himself in much glory at the weekend, but like he was completely a busted flush and then turned into an absolute, like, fundamental key part of how he played last season when he was able to and not injured. And I don't know, I feel like I, I agree completely. People are very keen to turn. I had enough after the weekend. I probably had enough after Bournemouth. I think got a bit lucky with the results. Um, and then, obviously, that changed the the sort of outlook when there's points on the board. But, you know, it's I don't I think people like, oh, he's one of the worst. I think you can feel as low as you felt in a long time, but not necessarily be solely because of the manager. So people say, no, it's not as bad as Adkins. No, because he was a fucking crank. The problem with Heckingbottom is it the journey was was over. It it had run its course. Um and I think from his point of view, he's probably he's, he's almost been a victim. Well, he has definitely been a victim of his own success because if he'd have got us to fourth in the last season, we'd have lost in the playoffs and the semis or the final. He'd have still been in a job now. He's 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 got us he's got us into a league where we can't that we can't compete in, and then he suffered because we can't compete in it. That's, that's the that, from from his point of view that must, that must be the frustration. And I, and I think it, it kind of sums it up that almost universally, I think everybody will agree the timing's right. If anything, it's maybe a week or two too late. But he still walks out with his head, I'll die. And that can't happen very often for a manager to get the sack, yet still gets almost universally praised by the fan base of the of the club that he's, that he's leaving. And, and I think in, it, we look back in four or five years' time, it'll go down as one of the most successful managers we've had in our life in all our lifetimes. The, the timing's right because it's like because it's the only card we've got to play into. There's literally there's there are really only three things you can alter to change the fate of or, or the, the, the the situation at a football club. That's the owner, the manager or the players. We, we, the owner's not changing anytime soon by the looks of it. We're not in a position to change the players because A, we can't because we're outside of transfer and, and B, we've got no money. So the only thing you can change is the manager. And it, so that that's he's, he's, the die, like you said, the die was almost cast from the start of the season because we were always going to struggle. All right. All the decision in the style that we are, which is. As, as bad a team as there's ever been in the Premier League, the manager's going to carry the cam for it. But there are other problems within the club that have led to us being as bad as we are. And it's not just all on the manager. 
the, the actual the way the club not, going, not. The, the transfer budget, the transfer strategy, the the whole thing. There are other problems at the club that aren't just going to be solved by changing the manager. I think I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. It's clear for all to see. Um, the fact that we've got a weaker squad now than what we what we went up with so, says it all, really. But as things stand, certainly most recently, whilst the squad isn't the best in the division, clearly it's the probably the worst squad in the division. He's not getting the best out of the players either. Yeah. No. There there are minimum standards that have got to be hit, no matter. I think he said to himself, I think he must have said two weeks ago, even if the players you're playing against are better than you, you can still work hard and make it difficult for them and, you know, put the effort in, put your tackles in, be organised, be professional. Professional practice. The players have got to take a lot, the players have got to take a long, hard look at themselves for this as well. Because as whatever you mm. think of Eckenbottom, whatever team he put out against Burnley, he cannot be held responsible for two players fucking half-heartedly waving a leg at two, at two tackles in the first 15 seconds. He's not gone out and said, don't bother tackling for the first few minutes, lads. That's that's 100. Whether he sets the team up wrong, whether he sets the, the picks the wrong team, plays the wrong formation, none of that comes into play 15 seconds into a game. That's all on the players and their professional pride. And they need to carry their fair share of the can for this. 100% on that, Dan. And like, he, he doesn't always get it right, but Alan Shearer describing them as a disgrace was 100% yeah. right on match of day. Like, you know, the the first goal is absolutely some of the most pathetic defending you could want shambolic. to Shambolic, absolutely shambolic. And one thing, and I suppose this is, could hopefully segue, that we may get to hopefully see sooner rather than later, is at least some more aggression and some more purpose and organisation. Um, but, yeah. Heckingbottom's done really well. Um, he's he's made mistakes, but I think anybody who's continually having to spin plates and and deal with things probably deal with a lot of things we don't know about as well. Hundred uh, percent, there will be stuff gone yeah. on that we've never uh, found out about. And to still get us up, FA Cup semi final nearly got us up despite starting the get season like however far behind after the disaster under Slav, deserves a lot of deserves a lot of praise. And if anyone's still slagging him off and using nonsense phrases like we've got our club back now, that clown's gone. Well, maybe it's not. Yeah, I heard someone describe him as P Paul the other day. Uh, I, I think that's fucking grossly disrespectful if I'm honest. Yeah, well, the same people who are saying stuff like that, Dan, have got their saviour back, who actually gave the man a job in the first place. So he can't be too much of a nerdy PE teacher, can he? If if Wilder wanted him at the club in the first place. So I don't know. I feel like the surely a change could have happened without us having to all have a competition about how terrible this person who has actually brought quite a lot of relative successes to I don't know. It's it's all played out like a soap opera. For, for several weeks now. And I think the way it's played out, I think the way it's been dealt with over the last 48 hours, where we've seen the Shycliffe chefs share something before we've even got something out of the club, 
that the owner, I've heard people say oh, it's the owner who can go on talk sport and make the announcement. It's not a way a professional Premier League club deals with these situations. And just probably on that, I think Eckingbottom deserved more respect than he's got from the last 48 hours from the club as well. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's the thing for me, expect to Eckingbottom. Before it's announced officially that the owner goes on national radio and announces his successor before he's officially been announced that he's leaving. And, and people might say we're, we're picking holes because we because we don't like the owner. Uh, maybe we are. But I just think it's uh, it's just not particularly professional, respectful way to do things for me. When Well, the reason we're going to pick holes is we don't like the owner because he's a fucking idiot. And he's there the reason go. we're at the bottom of the league because he sold our best players and he hasn't fully invested in the club. And he's been incredibly lucky to get some managers on the way up and some loan signings that have overachieved. Because every time he has spent money, generally it's been unsuccessful, particularly in the summer with various people justifying buying second-rate players for quite a lot of money like he did. So that's my opinion on the owner. And he shouldn't go on talk sports. It's a fucking right-wing rag of a a radio (laughs) station. Not a wag, a rag. So screw him. If he wants to go and rub... Would Posh Spice Spice have been a right-wing wag? I don't want to talk about that. Um, If he wants to be mates with Simon Jordan and that fucking bell-ending yellow tie, good luck to him. But it's really disrespectful. But But that's the thing that I think is disrespectful about it. He's gone out of his way to tell his mate on the radio, live to the world, before the football clubs announced it to their supporters. Mm. And I appreciate that once it's on the internet, anybody can see it, but it just all seems a bit arse about face. Yeah. To, to, to satisfy like his own narcissistic personality. He'd clearly rather do that because in, in some sort of way, he probably feels there'll be some sort of... We all know he has people he trusts and people he doesn't, okay? And it's obvious that he doesn't... He has more respect for some some people that talk sport than he does for the club's media team. Although he pays their wages, surely it just doesn't make any sense. It's a silly way to go about things. But we we should really talk about the manager coming in, I think. Um, I've had a bit of a roller coaster of the day with it, personally. I pretty much was feeling a little uninspired and deflated. But then listening to his interview... Uh, I haven't got round to the press conference, but listening to his interview, seeing the photos of him on the training pitch, I think we're going to beat Liverpool 3-0 tomorrow night all of a sudden. <laughs> Do they're off the not at home at the minute? Or is she out of earshot? The truth is somewhere between, between the two. But I genuinely, I don't know. I feel it feels right in a lot of ways that I didn't expect it to. It's almost like... Think- do you know when you oh, don't yeah. know you need something and then you get it? So you randomly go out for a couple of pints with your mate and you're like, oh, I feel much better now about everything. I think hearing Wilder talk about United and how he wants them to play and what he wants for the club made me feel better about United today. I think it was almost a no-brainer in terms of... In fact, it was a no-brainer. He knows the club. He knows a lot of the players already. And we the connection that he's talked about regularly in his interviews and his press conference that that is already going to be there from minute one tomorrow. But more than anything, you know that his teams work really, really hard. 
and get in people's faces and make it difficult and do everything that perhaps hasn't appeared to have been there for the last few weeks, you know you're going to get that from him because that's what he demands as the bare minimum. I think it's a really interesting time for him. You know, I, do, do I think we go back? No, in an ideal world, we'd be looking more forward than backwards. I've said probably several times on here over the years and written, I think we look back as a club and as a fan base too much rather than look forward no, and yeah. try and be progressive. Doesn't I, make I it you, wrong, though. That no, make it wrong. no. But I think sometimes we just, yeah, it, it's an easy, comfort, comfortable pair of slippers to put back on rather than actually say sometimes you've got to put the new boots on, get a pair of blisters. And, that's an awful analogy, but do you know what I mean? Well, I'm going to give you an analogy and say I like my old comfy slippers here. That's a stupid <laughs> it, analogy. It, it, it does mean that you are always, and I've said this, I said this last week, the, this thing that we have to have someone who gets us, managing us, and it has to be someone who's played for the club and has a connection, you're instantly limiting your options there. You're in, you know, there's people calling for, for Jags to be on, coaching staff and Billy Sharp to be on coaching staff. You can't build a club and build a coaching staff. All right, it worked with Wilder but you, in the first time, but you can't just build a coaching staff and a club on nostalgia and vibes. There's got uh, to be... Of course not. And, and there's got to be more to it than that. And, and I, I've, I've got a feeling this this will... The, the Wilder appointment will... I don't think there'll be a middle ground. I think it will either be fantastic or it'll be an absolute bin fire I'm, I'm not sure there'll be a middle ground I think that's fair enough Dan and Sam from Den Blades has been quite strong in his sort of like a lot of people's like this oh they have to understand the club and things like that I think that he, like these are the same people that would in the same a different breath say well, we should be looking to the Brighton and Brentford model for how we run a club of the size of United. It's like, well, you can't do that if you 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 have, like you say, a small pool of people who fit and get the get the thing. But I I don't know, I've come I'm more now I've heard from Wilder again, I'm more willing to give it a chance than maybe I was when I was just a bit more like roll because before it was all announced and actually, like, heard the man himself speak. I was just a bit, like, rolling my eyes about it, if you will. And, oh, God, here we go again. And it'll be, like, I think I fo focused on other things towards the end of the Wilder Reign that I didn't like. Uh, and I, today I think I got a taste of the stuff that I did. So, yeah. Oh, hopefully. And I know I've, I've heard his interview today and he's he said that he thinks we're United are getting the best version of him. So I'm hoping that means he's gone away in the time he's been at Middlesbrough and been at Watford and the time he's been out of work and looked at what he did wrong, looked at looked at where his failings were, looked at his his inability to 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 move away from a system, been been absolutely to a system and, and an inability to move away from it. Um, obviously, the, there's been stories come out that he fell out with a lot of people at the club before before he left the first time. Again, hopefully he's looked at that and he's he's grown in inverted commas as as a person and a manager. And maybe we are, maybe we are getting Chris Wilder two point and he's he's ironed out those flaws that that, that kind of dogged his last probably six months with us. 
he, he talked about reflection a few times, I think, in that interview with Paul Walker. But like certainly the word came up several times. Reflecting as a you know, as a manager, the players reflecting as well in it. And and he did seem um sort of more reflective, maybe slightly more dogmatic, wilder in the interview. Um, bit more measured. I'm sure that will some of that will disappear come touchline and coaching ground, but training ground. But you know, it, don't get me wrong. Twenty minutes into tomorrow, he's already kicked Jurgen Klopp at bollocks. That'll be a uh... <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. I'm not. There's a danger, I think, in this. It's like you say, it becomes quite divisive. I'm I'm, I'm certainly not anti Wilder. I just and you know he's given me some of the best times watching United in my life um, I hopefully we get some positive out of this and stay, stability because then we've got to work out how we go again at the end of this the and thing that's that surprised me, me about it is the time the time of a contract that he's been given and it might have been that's why it's taken as long as what it has yeah. I thought they'd give him a six month deal yeah with maybe is an that, extra well, I saw, I've seen various stories. I've seen 18 months and I've seen a contract to the end of the season with a, an option for 12 months after. Is it a straight 18? I think it's till 2025. I think that's what I've seen, this contract, okay. which which is 18 months. So, unless I'm wrong with that, but the, I, I do get what you're saying. At some point, we do need to try and rebuild the club in a different way. But I think for the, for the right now, for the here and now, the situation we're in, I'm struggling to find a better alternative. Yeah. And I, I, think, I, think, I think, think we should focus on the reasons why it's the best alternative rather than the negative side of him. Yeah. I guess we. I guess the challenge with this is, come the end of the season, there's got to be decisions made. And if, hope, well, look, hopefully it's a success and he's here for another year, the year after, and there's an extension after that because that will mean everything's gone well. But there's, that, there's a fundamental is, what... rebuild required, and it's you know it could be hastened. So at the end right. of the season, what is what is success then? So is success twelve points? So we finished. right now it is. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that's what I mean. What what do we class as success? Is success twelve points? So we don't we don't go down on, on record as the worst Premier League side ever. Is success twenty points or whatever we got last time we were up here? Success obviously would be keeping us up. Where, where, what are we saying would be a successful outcome for the coming six months, seven months, whatever it is? Honestly, we've got 30, uh, 25 games left. Something like that, yeah. And we need probably 25 points. So 25 draws. So, well, I think if I... I would have gone in on the calendar and I would have had three coloured pens and gone win, point, free it. And then, and, and that's that is what he will probably, Pat Manning use highlighted pens. Here comes a teacher. <laughs> I don't think you can judge Wilder's success or non success this season on whether we stay up or not. Clearly. I would like we're to in a, think, we're in a... I'd like to think he's holding himself to that standard. So oh, yeah, got suggestion I he's got. got to. He's but got it's to. success then. Yeah. Performance has robbed than results. And if we if we if we don't get hammered for the rest of the season, 
if, if we, you know, if we don't lose a game by more than three for the rest of the season and we're competitive in more of them than we were and we grind some points out here and there, but we're, we're digging in and we're not just rolling over and having our bellies tickled, is that success? So is, is success more about the intangible stuff rather than hard, cold hard points? If we'd have done what you've just described up to this point this season so far, Heckingbottom would still be in a job and we wouldn't be having this conversation. I think that there needs to be, there needs to, we need to see an uplifting performance. We're not going to win 10, 15 games this season. We might do well to get 20, 22, 24 points, maybe. Getting above 20 for me would be a successful last six months after the first six months we've had. For, for me, I would layer onto that putting ourselves in the best possible position for next season. And that means finding a way of playing with the squad we've got or the squad we might have left. And the key players are going to be left as part of that squad. And like you say, we've, there's players we've bought in the summer that haven't really had a go yet. They might not. They might not get another run. But Jim. equally, we need to we need to understand where we're going to stand at the end of the season with the players we've got left. And that's well, a key part of this rebuild for me. As well, as much as as much as you know, preventing bad, you know, heavy beatings, being reasonably competitive, it's it's gearing this club up for what's going to be another important attempt to bounce back. Also, realistically, playing, playing some young players. Well, that, I was just about to say that there's an argument to say, come February, if we're all but down, there's an argument to say to players like McAtee, um, Archer. LaRouche, Thomas, right, that's it, you're done, lads. You don't play for the rest of the season because you, you're not you're not gonna be next season. And you give a Sula, Brooks, whoever it is, you'd say to them, right, there you go. We're, we're down, lads. You've got 10, 10, 12, 10, 12 games, no pressure, you, bed yourselves in. You bring our blaster back from Vale on low where he's been doing well, and you just say, right, you know. Nah, not for me. There's no benefit bringing a player back I, who's gaining confidence I, playing in League One, playing week in, week out, doing well, winning games, scoring goals. There's no no benefit in bringing him back to play in the Premier League. I'd, I'd agree with Phil on that. But I do think what my point more overarching was that apart from Brooks, Wilder didn't do that last time. Um, and... You, you can potentially be in a situation where you need to bring 10, if not maybe more players through the door next summer. If you just work on the basis that no one gets a new contract, you'll need at least 10. And as a result of that, like we can't, we're going to need to supplement a 20, not that you need a 25 man squad in the championship, but give or take, that's how many players you're going to need for the season. You're going to need some young players in there. And your likes of Brooks, obviously, they're probably something for our blaster. Asula Jebison, we ain't got time to discuss them too. But, like, you know, there needs to be, sounds like some Adkins used to say, but these players do need opportunities to play in and around the first team. Other clubs in the top flight do it. Like that kid, man, you threw in uh, in midfield away at Everton the other week. He'd not played in the Premier League before and he was man at March. I'm not saying we've got talent to that level, but. We need to have a pathway into the team for the young players because if we don't, we're going to be in a real pickle. And it's 
what is fascinating over the next few games is are we like now until he gets injured, is Fleck back in the team because he's one of Wilder's favourites? Or in the last 48 hours, has he seen something in Slomani? Or Norrington Davis is apparently back training, which is just absolutely bonkers because everyone else, I thought he was dead. That's why I put that Ian Wright <laughs> video gif on like when he does the double take in his PE teacher today. That appeared twice in my timeline in the space of three tweets, and one of them was you. I can't remember who the one was. It was just like, God. was it Alan? Yeah. Did I copy Al or did Al copy me? It was unintentional. I think you tweeted at almost exactly the same time, I think. <laughs> I'm having that one there now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I, think it's, I think it's really exciting. We could be in a situation where, let's be honest, in the next however many, we've got Villa, Liverpool, City, Chelsea. Um, there's some winnable or potentially winnable games in that, but we, we get done over and then all of a sudden he does... We can't play the three-five-two anymore. One thing what? about Wilder did do at first was he he moved to a formation last time that stopped us ever getting dominated and losing by more than one or two goals. So if if that's sort of the model to get to January, we can pick up a few points. I don't know, but I, I do worry that people will be too far away from us. I mean, Wait, Luton are getting a point tonight again against Arsenal. 3-3 three, three, that game. Yeah. 3-3 three, three now. Yeah. Yeah. Luton were winning before. Havertz has just equalised, yeah. As you're probably all watching in real time as we're trying to do a podcast and we're all more interested in that. But like, no, it's um I don't know. I think it's I think it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, a couple of people had said that oh yeah, Keith Andrews will be good. I do think that is positive because it's a new it's like um it's like a new perspective rather than just all the old guard coming in with him. Um, and the fact Leicester's there for some continuity, I don't know. But yeah, I think it's fact. I think it's, it's either, like Dan says, this is either going to be wonderful. Pardon? I think Leicester's really well thought of in the game as a, as a coach. Hmm. But yeah, it's going to be either glorious or bin fire. So. There won't be anything in between. It'd be interesting tomorrow night because I, I think we were expecting a crowd of, well, a reported crowd of 31,000, but actually about 20,000 people in the ground given how many people weren't coming tomorrow night. It'll be quite the different kind of game now. Well, I've got parents' evening, so unless I can get Concord to pick me up from Kensington in London at about 20, 20 to 6, uh, and then parachute me into lane. I'm not gonna make it, so I get to watch it with my missus, who's a Liverpool fan. So I can't see how that can be anything other than a lovely couple's That's night. It's gonna here. be a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was quite imagining you doing the James Bond thing, you know. Parachute <laughs> into lane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah, it's, I think tomorrow night I'm gutted to not be there. I think it'll be really good atmosphere. And hopefully United can stay in the game. I think Wilder touched on himself, like almost thinking of it a bit like an FA Cup third round free hit. Yeah, that's what he said. He said said to players, think of it as an FA Cup third round tie. I I like his boxing analogy as well, talking about how he wants to play. We've got to go down swinging a little bit. We can't just stand there with his chin out for 95 minutes waiting to get knocked out, which is kind of how we've played for a while, isn't it? Yeah, so negative. 
against so teams that, yeah against teams that we shouldn't you know should have been having a swing at. Have we in the next two minutes forty seconds? Um, we have a few, not a prediction on the Liverpool game as such, but some maybe some predictions, like a like an out there wilder prediction of somebody that either comes in and does well, or with like might have seen the last of a player or. Anything like that that anyone wants to throw in there as the sort of outline. I think if he, if he's going for if he's going for work rate and and hard work and like he did when he first came in, changing the culture and you you know you train like you play, you're flying to, you're flying to tackles, you work hard, you leave it all out there. I know he's taken some sticks so far, and I know JB, you can't fucking stand him. Um, I can see I can see Souza doing well under Wilder. Okay, because he's I hope he he, does. again. He's yeah. I hope he's, he does. He's the sort of player who looks like he would thrive in a system where it's about hard work and tackling and 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 leaving it all out there. So that's my prediction that Souza, Souza as a Bob Booker, Paul Coops, Jack Robinson style redemption arc. I hope you're right. Well, sim- similar vein. I'm going with um, opposite end of the scale in terms of height. I we'll, know play you're going with this. we'll play 90% of the games this season under Wilder and Ben Osborne. 100%. Yeah. Where will he play, though? Left wing left back. back. I think he'll play him left back. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see him playing him in midfield as well in the game like tomorrow. Maybe, but I agree. I think at the minute he's our best option at left wing back. We, uh, do we assume that one of us, one of Thomas or Larucci gets sent back in January? I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah, probably Thomas. Yeah, because that frees up a domestic loan. Then, interested, then. weren't they, when we got him? We've that, already... that frees up a domestic loan, then, doesn't it? So fucking Leeds, Lee RMI wouldn't be interested now. Jesus, he'll end yeah. up in conference in three years. Him. Yeah. Well, we've only got about 10 seconds. So, boys, enjoy the game tomorrow night. And everyone who's listened, I hope you do as well. And just think of me, sat in the city, happy as Larry. But anyway, only one thing to say in there. Up the blades. Up the blades. <laughs>